<clears throat> We're back with episode two of the now named podcast, the Moving Average podcast, Moving Average, episode two. I like the name a lot. If you don't know what Moving Average is, it's uh, like if you're looking at if you're looking at like a, a stocks graph or something. Uh, rather than seeing its fluctuations every day, if you use a moving average, which you can do with different uh, durations, it'll do the average of that graph over time. And a lot of people use that as a tool or an indicator to show where its true value is. Um, it's really just a technical tool used by a lot of analysts. Uh, but it's a very fitting name. I think it, it works pretty well. It was his yeah. idea, but I love it. Describes it pretty well. <clears throat> um, slight change to the structure. Great feedback on the first one. <clears throat> a lot of it was just about me being on YouTube again. Um, but I'm excited to keep going with this and see where it goes. We're also going to put it on Apple Music, right? Or Apple Podcasts, or yeah, and, and Anchor, and Anchor, and Anchor, maybe Spotify, and maybe Spotify. Speaking of which, well, yeah, we'll yeah. have a little mention yeah. about that. Um, rather than being so, we were pretty structured in the last one in terms of like first startups and crypto, then business. With this one, um, throughout the week, we were just more intentional about like noting when things happened or stuff we want to talk about. So the way it's looking like today. Who knows if it'll continue like this, but I like it is a bunch of huge rounds that are noteworthy at the beginning and then about five topics that are within the realm of startups, crypto and business that are worth having a longer conversation about rather than just kind of listing off news articles later in the podcast. Should be fun. Let's hop right in. First, uh, first thing on the docket is Slack. The business like messaging communication platform has filed confidentially for an IPO, I couldn't find any information on evaluation. I don't actually even know what their private valuation was. Yeah, uh, definitely billions. Couple billion, yeah. Yeah, definitely billions. Um, probably over ten. Not a ton of info on that. No, but but you know, as I was kind of saying in the last episode, a lot of startups you know are going to IPO this year, and that's pretty exciting for just everyone. Involved. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. Um, and then also we have Postmates. Um, also filed for an IPO in kind of the last week, and that's at a $1.85 billion valuation. I'm interested to see that industry in general. Like the fact that, right, because if you have Uber Eats and Postmates and DoorDash and they're approaching restaurants, aren't they each individually different POS or different iPad? So like if a restaurant wanted to support two or three different delivery services, they'd have two or three different iPads or something? I mean, I, I think you can have it on one iPad, but just different apps. Oh, I, I guess think. that makes but, sense. That but makes al- sense. but also, I mean, Uber Eats has has won the market, and that's what you can see with this valuation. Yeah, I mean, the the industry leader is should be valued much more than you know one point eight billion, and so it just kind of proves that Uber Eats has taken the market. Um, you know, now that you say that, because I originally kind of thought that the only thing coming out of that would be like one aggregator service that funnels all of the different mm-hmm. delivery services into one POS for the restaurant and then the customers can use whatever they want based on interface but maybe maybe it'll just be well, a winner take all yeah i mean that, that could be the future too but you know you even have doordash which where we live doordash isn't too big they have but, wendy's though good for them yeah yeah but you know <laughs> they just raised 500 million too i kind of an estimated oh, six yeah, to yeah. seven billion right we wanted to mention that and look at you so that's you know further down the list <laughs> um <laughs> That's a and lot and of that's money. that's surpassing the Postmates valuation by by quite a lot. And Postmates was one of the first movers. That's so, true. Six or seven billion dollars for DoorDash. Although DoorDash does definitely has like a lot of like. Any, I feel like any place I've seen DoorDash, it's only DoorDash. 
Whereas some places I'll Airborne see on multiple apps. Exclusive. Yeah. 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 Which is probably, apparently, at least by the valuation, is the right way to go. Yeah. And possibly, I, I think in this industry, the future could be uh, giving these services, these platforms, even more value. I know that Uber and Postmates are kind of experimenting with this. When you pull up the app, you see just a burger. It doesn't say the restaurant that made it or anything like that. They're like, yeah. Hey, do you want this great burger? And it's more associated with just them, not the restaurant at all. And that can be them just renting space or having a revenue deal with another restaurant. Basically, was it white labeling? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. They screw the restaurants over too. They take like thirty, forty percent. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I guess the food industry will continue changing. Yeah. so a lot of cool stuff there, but but that's that's kind of that industry. Spotify's buying Gimlet, which is a podcast. So I hadn't heard of Gimlet before this, but Spotify no, bought them for no, no. 230 million bucks cash. Yeah. Gimlet was a early stage startup growing quickly. They also acquired Anchor. So Gimlet is a uh, Gimlet would make their own original podcasts. They're wow. essentially a media company. Yeah. And it's producing their own podcast. Anchor on the other hand was a platform that uh, independent people like me, you could just throw up a podcast there. Just kind of podcast. What? So that's so a they, huge they move about, by Spotify. Yeah, yeah they wow. want well because Apple Apple has always dominated podcasts. So right. Spotify wants to make a real push. Moving average will be on Spotify. If yeah. that's a thing, can you put podcast right now, or is that going to be a no, future you, feature? Yeah, no, you, you can. Um, so they were just doing that to get market share, more or less. Yeah, they're trying. They're they're right. being aggressive. They're trying to grow quickly. They've made a couple deals, getting some exclusive podcast on spotify and they're just there to keep going good for so, them yeah. audio as a service I yeah. guess. yeah um ike <clears throat> which if you haven't heard of ike i'd be surprised if you have <laughs> ike is a Early 10 stage. months old autonomous trucking company and they raised 52 million dollars in a series a round 10 months old yeah that's pretty insane yeah I, i've seen a lot of big series a's lately um but it's kind of for these kind of moonshot companies that need to grow really quickly, get market share, and just need a lot of capital. Right. Like Bird, like all the scooter companies have had to raise money like this because just product market fit has already been proven. Right. You just need to get uh, market share. And that has been like my perspective on autonomous driving in general has been obviously you need dedicated autonomous lanes to really take advantage of full autonomy. And I think the first place that's going to be is trucks because they're the by far the biggest drivers on highways. Um, and there yeah. might be a truck, autonomous truck lane only or something first. But um, I don't know. You see people like Tesla with their semi and, and Ike. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Goat has raised $100 million. Goat is a shoe marketplace. Uh, interestingly, they raised it from Foot Locker. So in Foot Locker's perspective, that's their way of hedging against the future of... Um, shoe sales i guess or at least getting a market of those premium sales Mm -hmm. um i don't know i never really got into shoes in that luxury market so i don't Um, know too much about it i got i got pretty into it i mean goat's been big for last couple years has raised a lot of vc it's a good la company oh interesting so footlocker going in is a big deal instead of another vc yeah well it's a growth and strategic partnership round so they're just aligning themselves pretty much directly with goat so it'll be really cool to see what product partnerships come out of this i'm, I'm excited to see it because there will be some right right um 
Lime has raised, Lime being the scooter company, right? There. Yep. Yeah. Um, $310 million at a, I put $2. billion. I don't know if there was, two point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there was an actual yeah, point there, but two or a little bit above two billion dollar valuation. I mean, we've seen a lot of stuff from scooter companies. I still haven't bought into it, but a lot of people have. They were in, Bird was in UNC for a little bit. I didn't, I never used them, but then they just, they're still here, right? I don't know. Like they were in, like they're guerrilla marketing. Like they were in, yeah, then they right. removed them. Supposedly they were talking to Chapel Hill, but then never actually re. They're in Raleigh. They're at state. They're. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I was saying before, it's just a kind of market share game at this point. So these companies are raising money. Yeah. Like this, and you know, hopefully they work out. I do think it's kind of funny that not very many people would ever buy an electric scooter. Like for like even like yeah. the stigma aspect, buy an electric scooter and drive it around. But if it's a service offered, then suddenly it's cool. Like I get Snapchats all the time. My friends at different colleges, yeah, riding scooters, and like it's interesting that just the nature of how how it's used made it from something that's almost as cliche or stigma to like wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aurora. Raised five hundred thirty million dollars at a two point three billion dollar valuation. So a Series B round, which is a massive Series B round. Um, Aurora's self driving. So wasn't it started by like ex Waymo people? Probably. Um, I'm I'm not too sure on on that, but I suspect so. But more autonomy stuff. Um. Yeah, that's super cool. That space is heating up, going like crazy. What's up, Wayne? Film a little podcast. Um, Neuro, still on the autonomous note, Neuro, which is, you've probably seen this like on Twitter or on Reddit or something, Neuro is a delivery bot. So like last mile of shipping and like kind of everyone's been going out of this Amazon with the drones, they were yeah. messing around a little bit, but Neuro's literally a bot that will like go on the sidewalk and it's like a cute little thing. Uh, they raised $940 million from the SoftBank Vision Fund, none other. Um, that's awesome. Yep, and the Vision Fund is a hundred billion fund. Aren't they about halfway done spending out it? A, yeah, because they're burning, I think, seven billion. Um, um, I want to say a month or, it's it's an insane. Wow, it's an ins- They're de- they're deploying their fund very very quickly. I feel like a hundred was... billion dollars based <laughs> in Japan. Invest all over the world. Mahayoshi's son. I feel like it was like last year that I was like, reading that he well, raised exactly. it. Exactly. No, they. <laughs> then that he's now spending a ton of uh, <clears throat> the money, but that's still very cool. It does help that half their investments are a billion dollars. Yeah. Like yeah. they did Park Jockey for a billion dollars. Competitor, not really competitor, but similar yeah. space is Vade. Yeah. So I paid attention a lot to that. Yeah, and those Aurora guys were like top top people. Really. In the way. Yeah. Project, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. The okay. CTO. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, CTO of Google self driving cars. cars. Yeah. So Aurora's, Aurora's very cool. Top dog. Um, I know at UC Berkeley they have a company. It's early stage, more early than Neuro, but it's called Kiwi Tech or something like that. And they're little boss that deliver food to UC Berkeley students on campus. <laughs> like like dorm deliveries and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's or, awesome. Or just like pretty much anywhere on campus. Man, robots, they're coming for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. Real. So now on to the. Even though we talked a lot about those uh, five five topics that are conversation worthy, the first is taking the internet by storm. So I, last week we mentioned that Reddit was raising between one hundred fifty and three hundred million dollars from Tencent. That has continued to get solidified, so it's actually three hundred million dollars from Tencent confirmed now. Um, but 
people on Reddit are up in yeah, arms about it. I've, yeah, I, I was checking on that. On yeah. every subreddit, too. Like, I'm just browsing normal <laughs> yeah. stuff, and people will be like, ah, we're screwed. Like, Tencent's coming in and censoring <laughs> it. In China, yeah. You know, so Reddit only has, um, like, $100 million, or slightly under $100 million of revenue. Like, they're not, I mean, their they're reach in their, in their, like, presence is huge, but they're not a huge moneymaker. Well, 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 it's kind of the site for what it is. They don't really do ads, they right. don't, and that's why people love it. That kind of is, yeah. The, well, the guys, the guys, uh, the, in 2006 or something, when Alexis and his co-founder, I forget the other guy's name, uh, founded Reddit, they went through Y Combinator, and then they sold it pretty much immediately, within six months, coming out of Y Combinator, mm. to Condé Nast. Oh, I don't know that. Say. So it's been owned by them the entire time Reddit has grown. Um, so I, I, think... I don't know if... And and then, like, they, they put in a CEO. Uh, she was supposed to turn it around. She didn't. Stuff got messy. But it was yeah. it was pretty... It was an impossible job she was given, essentially. Okay. I'm forgetting. I've, I've listened to it on NPR with her, but it's a pretty cool story. Um, I don't... I mean, I, I wouldn't, hmm. like... Te- like... I don't know, people are up in arms about Reddit taking money from the Chinese tech giant that has a lot to do with censorship, but I don't think they should really be concerned in terms of, I think, if you're going to be worried about Chinese censorship, like, there's so much more than Reddit that's already there that's being censored. Like, Justin, I was looking at security camera stuff for Vade stuff, um, I'm looking at manufacturers of that, and it's like, if any, any electronics coming out of China the vast majority have built-in back doors that can be not only just affected by a Chinese entity trying to go into that back door, but ultimately vulnerable to a lot of people. So uh, I guess my point there is that, sure, like at face value, Tencent investing in them is a little bit uh, uneasy. Mm-hmm. I think it's more just they're looking for more market share there and a little more influence. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that we're going to see any changes on Reddit or anything like that's alarming. Yeah, and I... I that as well next up this is my favorite story so some of you guys may have heard of calm calm is an app a meditation app and uh they just raised 88 million dollars valuing it at billion dollars so they're the first unicorn in like the men's or mental health mental mental health space um just general mental health space they're not gender specific um but i saw that and i thought okay this is an app for meditation and, and just general mental health worth a billion dollars. Got to be something there. So I downloaded it, right? And the first thing that happened, I was with Wayne when I downloaded it. The first thing that happened is I had to like enter my information. Turns out, one, it's 70 bucks a year. You got to pay 70 bucks a year. You get a free trial for a week. There's no free mode, though. Like you couldn't just use it for free with limited functionality. It was pay for it, and then you get a free trial. And uh, with that 70, so I signed up and uh, I used that free trial for a total of seven minutes before canceling because I opened up the app and like I selected my priorities, which was like de-stress, focus, and sleep better, I think were the three. And the first three pieces of content that I could open or the, 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 everything in the app was just like narrated stories. Be like, you're walking down a sidewalk it's a beautiful day outside and there's a light breeze on your cheek. And I, like, it was just an ebook with sometimes there was a video associated with it or some background noise, but a billion dollars and 70, first of all, on the user side, $70 a year for what's effectively a variety of short story ebooks to calm you down is, I, I don't know about that. You know, maybe there's a little bit more substance there. I didn't give it much of a chance after that, but a billion dollars. I think people are more interested in using technology in that space than what Calm actually is. 
Prove me wrong, though. I don't know. Well, they're making money. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose enough people are paying that seventy bucks a year. I don't. I don't know anyone who, who pays for it. But um, any of you guys use it? Maybe. Let us know. Yeah. So what you think? Because wow, I te- the second I did it, I texted him. I was like, dude, you have to look at this. Like, you have to download this app, actually try it, and then I haven't tried it yet. But but I mean, how dare you? I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. You don't need to. I did it for you. <laughs> um. <laughs> Next up, uh, the what Bezos. I have written down is Bezos' dick pic. So if you guys didn't hear, Bezos had a little bit of a uh, little bit of an issue. He, um, what was the AMI right? Is the holding company of the National Enquirer which did it, right? I, I think so. Yeah, but it was the National Enquirer. Yeah. So what makes it even better is the guy that was blackmailing him's name is Mr. Pecker. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have heard of this story. So right, Mr. Pecker had. Scantily clad pictures of Bezos that Bezos took himself and sent to the woman that he had an affair with. It's like an ex-girlfriend or something. Oh, I thought it was all that same woman that was... Well, there's there's kind of been some new circulation. We don't really know. There's been confusion about who kind of sent the pictures in, but somebody did send them to to the National Club. But bottom line is that Bezos... Richest man in the world, $150 billion, gets the information that, oh, somebody has (laughs) naked pictures of me and is blackmailing me. And there's political connections there as well in drama that we're not going to go into because I don't actually understand it well enough. Well, yeah, he owns the Washington Post and... But it was something to do with Trump and, like, policy and, like, and, and, uh, like, vulnerability or, um, what's it called when you can get sued or when you can't, liability or something like that. Um, but... He gets this information, and then rather than, like, succumbing to it or freaking out or making the situation worse by, like, doing something stupid, this man makes a Medium post and just calls out Mr. Pecker, the National Enquirer, and the entire situation. It's the, the most badass move in and the world. He, and he published the actual emails that were sent. Yeah. He published the threat <laughs> online. That's, that's so good. That's and now, now it's backfiring on National Enquirer. Yeah, there's, they can't do anything. Yeah, there's Everybody's rumors saying so it's mad. getting shut down or AMI, the holding of National Enquirer is getting shut down or whatever. I mean, it's turning into a huge thing because obviously you can't really do that. You can't blackmail people. It's illegal. Uh, but Bezos... <laughs> well, and he just called them a fake news organization. He's just like, like you, you can't... You're not so allowed to do this. Yeah. People don't do that. So he, he, he earned some respect for me on that one. That was pretty... Uh, yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say, this <laughs> furthers my position on. Because imagine, like, if this was Elon, like our conversation last week, if this was Elon. You'd, you'd probably go a little more of a crazy route, yeah. I think, with this. Yeah, and probably, he probably would have still, be... still been, like, aggressive like this, yeah. like, not giving a shit, but he would have made it worse, I think. Possibly, yeah, there's a chance of that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Great. So, two more. Yeah, so Square, uh, the number one payment app, is that it? Is it? Um, point of sale system. Probably. Right. Yeah. Um, so they have confirmed that supporting the Lightning Network, which is a side chain on the blockchain of Bitcoin, uh, that's extremely fast transactions, which is more consumer transaction application of the Bitcoin blockchain, but it is built off of Bitcoin. Uh, they've confirmed that Square Square will be integrating support for the Lightning Network. At some point, it's, they said they're. I'll read Pomp's but, tweet. But he said he. <clears throat> he said he would. Yeah. The. <clears throat> excuse me. Pomp's tweet is according to Jack, the Lightning Network will be incorporated into Square Cash, top five mobile app in the future. It says it's not an if, but a when. 
that's a pretty big deal because bringing that bringing the ability to use cryptocurrency especially bitcoin big bitcoin guy millions hundreds of millions of people yeah Yeah. i don't think uh let's quick and check the bitcoin price i don't think it's necessarily reflected it nope but kind of in general over the last year when really good things happen it doesn't reflect in the price well yeah it it just kind of has to react to usage i I think and when the network's actually implemented right so keep your eye out for that increase also speaking of pomp he uh today this morning yeah pomp is anthony pompliano he's a founder and partner at morgan creek digital which is their morgan creek is a huge huge fund of fund hedge funds right hedge fund fund of hedge funds and then Morgan Creek Digital is their digital asset arms, focusing on crypto stuff and blockchain. Um, so they just raised a $40 million VC fund for blockchain investments. Uh, and it's the first one that has two public pensions invested into it, as well as... Like uh, two endowments, I think. <clears throat> There's not many endowments in, in uh, the blockchain space right now. And uh, I think a hospital. Right, yeah, I saw that as well. Good job, yeah. Pomp. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. That's super, super cool, super significant. Huge um, in the space, right? Because especially yeah. with the market right now, showing that there is institutional confidence in the system and the infrastructure built, that's huge. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Well, and also his big thing is, is they're, with that money, they're not investing in any coins or anything like that. Kind of a separate index. This is all for like actual startups. Like company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, so right. that's. Because they have their index that's separate. They're digital. They're, they're, yeah, they're pretty cool as well. Index. And, and I think their kind of goal is just getting people involved, getting funds and money managers off of zero. I yeah. think is their big thing. That's it. Yeah. Get and zero. just get some exposure to the blockchain. So good job, Pomp. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing. So this is pretty interesting. So I'll let you explain what it is because you know better. Uh, when you, there's, there's a, there's a uh, daily <laughs> newsletter. That's that's convenient. What? Right, because it's possible. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, there's a daily newsletter called The Term Sheet um, by Fortune by Polina. I forget her last name. Um, and it comes out every day. It's pretty cool. And she they did a survey um, last week of, I think, a couple hundred top venture capitalists and private equity people, you know, very, very experienced finance professionals. Well, what happened there? That was weird. Yeah. But the, so the results uh, were pretty interesting to Maddie and I, so we wanted to talk about them a little briefly. So again, it's a survey of a lot of top finance professionals um, and asking about four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a lot. And asking about kind of the economy and politics. You want to point out? Um, yeah. So. A couple stats. So I'll start at the, at the top. So last year, eight percent of the respondents expressed little to no confidence in the U.S. national economy. And this year, that 8% went up to 41% expressed little to no confidence in the U.S. That's national insane. economy. It's insane. Then, similarly as surprising, last year, 4% expressed little <laughs> to no confidence in the international economy, where this year, 53%, 4%, 53% expressed little to no confidence in the international economy. That's... Pretty bad that's, for that's one worrisome. year. For, for that's worrisome. Four percent to fifty-three percent. Twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Oh god. Something changed. <laughs> yeah. Ninety-three percent of respondents have confidence in themselves, uh, while eighty-one percent have little to no confidence in Donald Trump. 
Well, good they're self-confident, but... <laughs> Uh, 88% believe sexual misconduct, harassment, or, and gender bias are a problem in the VC and private equity industry. That's way too high. Way too high. Yeah. Well, it's a very male-dominated industry. Right. Everybody's known it for a long time. And right. And it kind of has the undertone yeah. of, like, you know, aggressive investing and, and yeah. you know, staking yeah, yeah, your claims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 75% expect to earn more this year than they did in 2018, which is That's, good. That was strange to me that... Very little confidence in the economy, but expect to earn more. I guess so you can take from that that they dissociate their own income. Yeah, 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 but yeah. it just seems a little strange. Like, if you think you're going into a recession or something like that, I wouldn't really expect myself to make more. So I'm just... Right. I'm not sure where that thought is coming from, but... And then finally, 72% of respondents said... That the corporate income tax rate cuts did not influence business and investment judgment decisions they made. So only 28% said the any change in corporate income tax rates affected how they made decisions in 2018. Um, that's not actually too interesting of a statistic, but... I'm sort of. I, I think it just... Because there's been a lot of talk about how that stimulates the economy. And right. Because they just don't really think so. Um, oh, yeah, I guess that's kinda, the takeaway there. Yeah. All yeah. right, so that's it for episode two of the Moving Average Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, let me let us know what you think about the kind of little bit more casual and conversation-based structure, a little bit less, uh, less like, for startups and crypto than business, but more just interesting stuff. Let us know what you think, any thoughts, feedback, that kind of stuff. Yeah.